O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down in the driver's seat and when I rise up through the gears. You discern my thoughts from a car. As a minister, I find myself spending a lot of time in my car, going from place to place, person to person and meeting to meeting. And usually I listen to the radio or podcasts or audiobooks as I drive. But sometimes I just sit in silence, drowning in my own thoughts. It's been while in the car that I've had my best ideas. Something has hit me that I've never considered before. Something that has occurred to me that has changed my direction in life. So I thought I would ask a number of people if I could sit with them in their car and discuss something that is meaningful to them. Now that could be religious or spiritual. It could be to do with politics. It might be linked to a societal issue or ethics. It might be all of those things or none of them. So I invite you to mirror, signal and manoeuvre with me as we discern my guests' thoughts from a car. Well, seeing as this is the first podcast of Thoughts from a Car, I thought I would make a liar of myself on two fronts. Uh, First of all, there's no guest for this first podcast. I'm afraid it's just me. And secondly, the epiphany that I'm going to describe uh, didn't occur when I was in a car, uh, but when I was a young pup, aged maybe about 13 or so, uh, on a bus. Uh, To uh, reprieve myself slightly, I am sitting in my car as I record this. Uh, give, give you a bit of background. It's a it's a black Renault Clio. Uh, it's about six years old. Uh, it normally gets a wash on the outside once every four months, and judging by the looks of the inside, it gets a Hoover and a clean uh, every year, year and a half. Um, I, I th- my wife Amanda complains about um, how dirty the car is, but in my defence. Um, it really is to try to protect the car uh, on the grounds that hopefully nobody will try to break in and steal it uh, for fear of catching something lethal. Um, right, I want to describe something that occurred to me, as I said, when I was about 13 years old. I was travelling, uh, normally I walked back from school, uh, but this particular day I was sort of overloaded with books and PE kit. And had to carry my trumpet back for whatever reason so i was slightly overloaded uh, that particular day and i thought no i'm going to get the bus back home and i walked around to the bus station which was near the school and i got on the bus and as i was traveling on the bus looking out the window i noticed people going past me and they were people of various different ages you know some were on their own some had kids in tow where were walking as couples uh, some were elderly in a variety of hats and it sort of occurred to me at that at one particular moment that everybody was just like me and what I mean by that is everybody had their own particular lives their own particular worries their own concerns and feelings and because everybody around me was essentially a bit player in my life suddenly occurred to me that I was a bit player in these people's lives. I was the person on the bus, the extra, the person on the bus uh, driving past them as they walked along. And, you know, because we can be very selfish as human beings 
And some of us, myself included, continue to be very selfish uh, as we get older. But there has to be a realization that we are not the center of the universe. You know, Galileo and, and people like him who discovered that the, uh, the sun didn't revolve around the earth, but the earth around the sun. And this was a big shock uh, for many people for, for a variety of reasons. Mostly, I think, because they were no longer the center. I mean, the Bible had sort of depicted them as being, you know, the apple of God's eye, the center of the universe, the uh, apex of creation. And suddenly Galileo was saying, actually, no, we're just a bit player. We're an extra in the, in the solar uh, system and in the universe as a whole. So we can be, be very self-centered and self-focused. And it did, it did sort of hit me like a, a bolt out of the blue that actually other people were as important and as relevant as I thought I was. And I think this attitude sometimes can bleed into our view of religion, especially of Christianity. When I was growing up, uh, very much there was the gospel, uh, the history of salvation, the way of redemption. Um, and that's the most important thing you could ever do was to get saved. Um, and that was the, the evangelical, certainly, view um, in, in my youth. And it continues to be the, the view in, in many churches, uh, not only in Northern Ireland, but throughout the world. But my problem with this, this view of Christianity is that it's, it's sort of like my 13-year-old self before I got on the bus. Um, it tends, to my mind anyway, to revolve around self because it's all about me. What must I do to be saved? How will I get to heaven? How will I avoid going to hell? And questions like that. And the most important thing we're told is that you say the sinner's prayer, you know, the ABC, accept that you're a sinner, believe that Jesus died for your sins, see, confess your sins and you will be saved. And it's almost like once you've done that, everything's okay. You can relax. You can breathe more easily because you've done what's necessary to make sure that you're okay. And to me, that is, is religion as a very self-centered sort of thing. Because when I look at, at Jesus and the way he operated uh, within his uh, ministry, his, his short ministry, he didn't seem to be concerned about people's individual uh, spiritual uh, state of affairs. He seemed to be more concerned about expressing the will of God through the way he brought people in from the periphery. Um, you know, he wasn't one for maintaining the religious status quo. He tended to see life as lived properly uh, when lived for others. That's why I suppose I in my later years have sort of rejected this sort of uh, very tight evangelical view of the purpose of Christianity or religion or life. Um, because to me, it's not really life in its fullest. It seems to be a very narrow, self-focused view of how to live your life. You know, once you're saved, you're all right. Once your family are saved, you know, they're all right. And a lot of people in, in evangelical Christianity worry because their father, their mother, their brother, their sister, their children or whoever aren't saved and therefore they're going to hell. 
And so whenever this person gets up into heaven, uh, you know, they'll have their family around bar mum or dad or brother or sister or whoever. And that must be a very frightening thought. And fear is, is no friend of religion. Um, it just isn't. And so I suppose that's why uh, I sort of embrace and had a, have adopted universalism as a way of looking at the Christian religion. This idea that um, everyone gets to heaven, whatever that means, and you can interpret it that in many, many different ways. I don't think heaven is a place um, or anything like that. But the idea that God might set up a world in which some people get to a heavenly place and others get to a hellish place seems utterly ludicrous uh, and so contrary to the way that, that Jesus seemed to live his life. So I suppose that ties in a little bit with my, my epiphany on the bus um, that everybody was just like me, that nobody was uh, an extra or a bit player in my life, that everybody was equally important. And then within universalism, I suppose everybody is equally important to God. You know, you're not an, an anathema to God and then suddenly you you say five lines of a, of a magic prayer and suddenly you're all right. I mean, that makes no sense whatsoever to me anyway. I know it makes sense to other people. So there you have it. Again, apologies for the sound quality. If it's not brilliant, apologies for the rambling nature uh, of this first podcast. But again, I'm, I'm sitting in the car I would usually have notes, believe it or not. I would usually have notes in front of me, but I don't have anything. So I'm relying on my very, very flaky memory uh, to to sort of decide what I'm going to say. Hopefully in the future, we'll have some guests and hopefully it'll be a bit longer. Um, we'll try and, and plan it out a little bit better. Uh, but I just wanted to give you a flavour of what we're going to try and do. Um, I want to get people to talk about what they're passionate about, uh, what they what's important to them. And as I said to my 13 year old self, suddenly the idea that everybody was the same as me came as a bit of a, an epiphany. And it has stayed with me and it has shaped the way uh, my faith has developed um, over the years. And it's allowed me to, to explore in different ways that I wouldn't have done had I remained within the very sort of tight sort of evangelical faith that I grew up in and that I adopted, uh, willingly adopted uh, when I was a younger person. So I look forward to you joining with us and I say us again because I hope we have some guests. So I look forward to producing a few more of these uh, in a slightly better quality and with a guest by my side and we'll discuss their car and their thoughts and what it is that drives them. Okay, see you soon. Like most people and organisations, COVID-19 has hit us financially. And because we're a church, you'd think we'd be accustomed to asking people for money, but I don't like doing that. So that's why we've produced this podcast. So if you feel that you would like to donate, you can go to our web page or our Facebook page and click on the PayPal button or link or whatever it is and give whatever money you can and it would be much appreciated. Thank you.